Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Brian Lehrer on WNYC. Donald Trump's wall is controversial, and so is Dawn Zimmer's. The mayor of Hoboken has a plan to protect her city between the Lincoln and Holland tunnels from another Sandy-style flooding disaster. Remember, much of the low-lying city was flooded by Sandy, one of the hardest-hit areas in the whole storm. So the mayor has a plan and lots of federal dollars to pay for it. That would include seawalls in the Hudson, but the backlash may be stronger than the storm, especially by those concerned about their view of Manhattan. Mayor Don Zimmer joins us now. Hi, Mayor Zimmer. Welcome back to WNYC. Thanks so much for having me. And Hoboken listeners, we can take a few phone calls on the flood protection proposals, 212-433-WNYC, 433-9692. The Times article on this yesterday said you don't use the word wall. Is that right? Well, I mean, we're trying to, yeah, I mean, basically we want to work with the community. I mean, number one, we want people to understand that the threat is real from the coastal storm surge. I mean, you know, New Jersey gets hit by a major hurricane every five to six years. And, you know, you think about what happened with Sandy and, and you know, what's happened recently with the kind of the threat of major storms. And so we're trying to get people to just understand that the threat is real and we need to work together to determine what's best for Hoboken. And so, um, you know, it isn't necessarily going to end up being an alignment right along the waterfront. It could be part of the waterfront. It could be, you know, some inbound alignments. But this is truly a historic opportunity for our city. Um, You know, we're working with the state. We're working with the federal government. You have all levels of government working together. And so I'm hoping that we can work together to to, uh, find the best solution for our city. Does the word alignment mean seawall? Well, it means basically it's taking, you know, a, a wall is not doesn't have to be a wall. A wall can be where we're sort of following the lead of the uh, the Dutch, where you design something built into a wall. The one proposal is for a, a boathouse to be built into the wall. You can build planters into it. You can build, you know, vert- could be vertical farming if it comes it comes on the inbound side. It could be benches. It could, you know, it could be a beautiful mural. It could be a lot of different things that fits into the urban fabric. It could be if it goes in front of a restaurant, additional seating, um, you know, so it's built into it. So, I mean, yeah, it's something that is a flood protection measure, but it's it's meant to create an amenity for the community as well and be a benefit to the community. And that's what we're trying to ask people to, um, you know, help them to understand potentially what the options are that, you know, we're basically going from five, the state is going from five to three options. And then we need to really dig deeper and, and look at what that design could be and what those costs could be and, and together try and reach a preferred alternative. So the, the state is going to be, you know, announcing, I think, very soon what those three options could be. And there'll be a big community meeting on February 18th. And we want people to come out and be a part of the process and be, you know, come with their ideas, come with what they like, what they don't like, what their ideas might be to make it better. So that's how we, by working together. So we're really engaged in a community process and, um, you know, and also in a legal process. In order to adequately protect Hoboken from another Sandy, um, in your opinion, would some of these structures need to be 12 feet tall or higher and affect the view of Manhattan uh, for anyone at any location in Hoboken, uh, again, in order to be effective? 
Well, so we, just so you know, like with Sandy, the, you know, engineers, Stevens Institute of Technology, they estimate that five, about 500 million gallons of water came in on the city. It came in from the north and from the south. So we need to figure out a way to protect at both ends of Hoboken, connecting in with Weehawken and Jersey City to protect the city. So if it's along the waterfront, the engineers are saying it, it could be. Um, as, as high as 12 feet, it might be something from the, um, you know, from the walkway up as high as 12 feet. The idea is to design it in a beautiful way, again, where it becomes an amenity. That's kind of following the lead of what the, the Dutch have done. But it also could go inbound, and if it goes inbound, it doesn't have to be um, as high, and it could be designed in a, in a different way to fit in with the urban, you know, fabric of the city. So um, there's there's several different options, and again, it's going to be sort of working with the community, looking at what are the costs, what could that design be, what can people get comfortable with. And I'm also proposing if we say we were to choose an inbound um, alignment that doesn't protect, you know, the advantage of the waterfront alignment is that it will protect all of Hoboken. But if you choose something that's not quite, you know, all the way along the waterfront, it could be that there's some buildings that, you know, need to protect in a different way. And so I'm, I'm proposing a strategy to potentially help those buildings. If, you know, the community makes a decision to go in a different direction, that those buildings potentially, especially those larger buildings, are better able to individually protect. So, you know, working on a parallel track to try and figure out how that could possibly be done. The, in, the inland option, I read that that's controversial, too as it would wind along certain city streets, including down the middle of Garden Street, a few blocks from the river that runs south. Residents there apparently don't like that idea, including those who would be on what they call the wet side of the wall. Can you explain that inland option? Well, that's, that's, that was one of the five options, and uh, the state has, has made it clear that that's, um, you know, there's a really significant change to that alignment, so there's not a proposal to go down Garden Street into the residential section. So I understand residents' concerns, and, and um, there's not, you know, that's, I, don't, I don't expect that that's one of the proposals that the, city, that the state will be coming forward with. I mean, ultimately, it is the state that is managing um, this project, and, and so, again, I expect that they will soon be, they've been sort of analyzing different options and doing a technical analysis, and I, um, you know, I'm hopeful that they will soon be announcing that in advance of the, um, you know, the February 18th meeting so people understand it. But in the meantime, I've been working really hard. My administration has going, you know, we've been going around as a team meeting, meeting with Garden Street, um, you know, community members, meeting with the Housing Authority, you know, meeting with city council members and, um, you know, people at the north end, people on the western side of the city, business owners, um, just trying to reach out in smaller groups and have more of a conversation of these are the potential alignments, and they've changed significantly. So, um, but again, it will be the state that makes that kind of final announcement of what they will be as they complete their, their analysis. So we w- I understand they wouldn't want to come forward with something that, if there's technical issues, um, can't actually be done. But I'm, I'm hopeful that it's, it's, it's going to be able to, uh, to be an option that's on the table. It's a, a significant change from what the community saw before. 212-433-WNYC. Here's Peter in Ardsley, New York, calling with perhaps a lesson from Japan after the tsunami where he worked. Is that right, Peter? Yes, Brian. Thanks for taking the call. Sure. Um, I did some relief work in Iwate Prefecture, and something you heard a lot there was that they did have these 10- and 15-foot walls, um, but because of the walls blocking the view of the ocean and because of the maybe false sense of security that they gave, not everyone who maybe should have evacuated 
felt like they needed to, and many people felt like um, some lives could have been saved had they not been there. <clears throat> so does it lead to a false sense of security? Mayor Zimmer, has anybody talked about that as a risk? Um, that really hasn't been talked so much uh, as a risk. It's more the concern about, you know, that, that I mean, Hoboken, we really love our waterfront. It's a treasure of our city, and the challenge is that the Hudson River is both uh, obviously an amazing asset for our community and, and a big part of our community, but it's also a threat um, as well, ultimately. So, I mean, that's an interesting, um, you know, I, I can understand um, that that perspective, and that's that's an interesting uh, thing that will certainly right. I mean, make part not, of the conversation. They're not entirely parallel. Uh, Hudson River is not going to rise up like a tsunami right. and literally drown people. Um, right. But I don't know what else needs to be put in place. Maybe you want to talk about that a little bit. Um, if even even if there are, let's say, very strong seawalls that are placed in the Hudson River. Um, does that thoroughly protect a low-lying city like Hoboken from well, the, the effects idea- of the next Sandy, or are there other things that have to be done as well? Right. So the idea is this is an integrated strategy where it's we're trying to resist from the you know 500 million plus gallons of water that could come in on us from the Hudson River, but it also has um, other elements to it. We're we're trying to delay the the stormwater from that flash flood events from going down into our combined sewer system, and we're trying to discharge the store of the water and also discharge the water back out. So the idea is that it works as an integrated system to resist, delay, store, and discharge the water. So there's a lot of other um, elements of the you know, the project that the city is, is funding and working on right now in a parallel strategy. Like, for example, we're working to acquire um, five acres of land that we have already done on, under another grant. We've done the design to determine that it could be built out as a one million gallon detention system. North Hudson Sewage Authority is um, looking at separating the sewer system at that um, you know north end area, and, and so that can work to like make sure that we get the mm-hmm. more water out if there is a storm event. And we're mm-hmm. also right now constructing a pump. So there's a lot of things that are going on, and those strategies, you know, if the water does go over, those are strategies that can help to deal with the additional water. But the end, the bottom line is you got to protect most of the water from coming in somewhere along. It's either on the waterfront or some kind of an inbound um, alignment that could come partially into the city if that is ultimately the preference of the community. Sheila, you're on WNYC with Mayor Zimmer. Hello. Don, hi. um, This is Sheila Nugent. I live in the edge of Jersey City um, and looking into Hoboken. It's very interesting that you're focusing on superstorms, but knowing where you live and the, the amount of water that arrives every time we have a rainstorm from Observer, Newark, Monroe, and Madison. Why aren't there some focused efforts to address the flooding that we have on a more frequent basis hmm. than a superstorm? I know yeah. there, was, there was flooding yesterday when there was a pretty unusual high tide, right, in Hoboken Terminal. Right. Well, that was along the terminal area, but she's, she's talking about the rainstorm, and we're absolutely focused on that. Uh-huh. So and in the southwest, well, we worked hard to get a, a new pump that went in um, in 
2012, but thankfully it was in before Sandy. Um, we're building, we have three different park projects that incorporate green infrastructure to retain the rainwater. We're looking at the possibility of working with the Housing Authority as part of this project to upgrade their, their infrastructure as well. So that is very much a part of the, of the plan as well. The city is, is funding a lot of this to get it done, but the reality is the way this funding came in, um, it's something that it's, we, uh, you know, we applied and we were given the grant mm -hmm. money for the resist, you know, for Sandy. So we do need to use it to protect from the water coming in. And also there's a cost-benefit analysis that needs to be met. And we've been told that it's, it's not possible to just use the funding for just the, the rainstorm events. It okay. needs to be something that will reduce the, the risk of severe flooding, which is the, the storm surge. We have a minute left. Let's sneak in Tracy and Ridgewood. Tracy, 15 seconds for your question. Go. Are you going to increase green areas uh, so that there's natural absorption? And so getting rid of some of the permeable or non-permeable surfaces like parking lots. And we have yes. another caller who wants to say, yeah, there's so much high development on that waterfront um, that, uh, you know, it, it leaves the city more at risk to things like this. Well, we are absolutely incorporating green infrastructure into the projects that we're doing and, and trying to incentivize green roofs throughout the city, and we've changed, made legislative changes. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a believer in the use of the porous pavers, and we're actually doing that on some of our city parking lots and incorporating the porous pavement, and, and we're going to be trying to do more with the community to get them to look at that technology as well. So that right. green infrastructure is absolutely part of it. All right. Just tell people again about that uh, community meeting that's coming up if they want to attend. So it's at the Wallace School on February 18th um, at 7 o'clock. So look forward to seeing everyone there. Sorry, it starts at 6 o'clock. 6 o'clock on the 18th. Yes. The yes. mayor of Hoboken, Dawn Zimmer. Mayor, thank you very, very much. Thank you. Brian Lehrer on WNYC. Again, you can tune back in or you can stay with WNYC all day. But if you want to tune back in for politics, that would be tonight at 7 when our New Hampshire primary night coverage begins. I'll host the first hour. Then we'll go to New Hampshire Public Radio and listen in on what they're doing for the rest of the night starting at 8. So talk to you tonight. Brian Lehrer on WNYC.